630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. The Edmonton Oilers have traded Neil Yakupov to the St. Louis Blues for a minor leaguer and a conditional draft pick, a third rounder in 2017. The condition is if Yakupov gets 15 or more goals this season, it becomes a second rounder in 2018. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Don't forget, we have the Oilers of the Canucks tomorrow, 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock puck drop at Rogers Place, 9.30 Monday morning, pregame show for the Eskimos and the Alouettes. That game will start at 11. Quickly, some text messages. Um, This texter says, the way I see it, a first rounder has to be able to create his own game. Three years now, we waited for management to find someone Yakupov could play with. Also, we as Oilers fans have our own view of what our players are worth. It's quite different than reality. Sylvan Lake Jeff says, I don't understand why they didn't build Yak up before trading him. The Oilers gave up two hive draft picks for a player in Reinhardt who may never play in the NHL. Um, the one pick they gave up still in Islanders camp. Looks like he's going to play. Uh, trading away Hall and not getting full value for him wasn't good either. I hope these bold moves work out for the best. That is from Jeff in Sylvan Lake. Uh, I will say this. In, in my opinion... Hall for Larson is more of a risk than trading away Neil Yakupov because I just think he had completely stagnated as a player and and in some ways was probably dragging the team down. Yakupov did a conference call a few minutes ago. He was asked if he was relieved about this trade. I hope and I believe yes because uh, you, you know it's been a while and it was uh, I had some bad days and good days, but uh, but. You know, I I think I had uh, a lot of pressure in my head and, you know, a lot of thoughts, and especially when those conversations was going every day and it kind of a little bit affects you in the game and your life. But I tried my best to kind of didn't think about it. And now uh, uh, I hope this is over and this is a team where I can be in the play and, you know, and do best, like best I can. And I believe it's really, really nice team and this is a top team in the league. And, uh, to be there and win the games, I think it's going to be awesome because uh, you know I never had an opportunity to play in the best teams, and uh, this is I think this is the first time we're going to play in a really really good team when team will play in the playoffs for pretty much every year, right? And and you know to feel that winning, and I think it's awesome because I don't know what winning is, and I'd like to feel that, and I think this is a team where you can feel it. All right. Well, Neil Yakupov did not experience, obviously, a lot of winning here with the Edmonton Oilers. Going to bring in Bob Stoffer in 15 seconds. Just other news today that usually we'd spend more time talking about. Griffin Reinhardt sent to Bakersfield. Brandon Davidson hoping to play tomorrow. Uh, No concussion from the hit last weekend against the Kings. Drake Kajula didn't skate. He's day-to-day. Nuge was back on the ice. Dreisaitl's going to play a little bit, or, well, maybe a lot. He'll play some shifts at right wing with Nugent Hopkins and Pouliot tomorrow. We can expect that. For Stieg skated 
only a little bit in a non-contact uh, jersey. I think those were some of the other news and notes from today. But the Yakupov story obviously dominating the show as we uh, bring in Bob Stoffer from Oilers now. Bob, thanks for fitting me in on a Friday night uh, going into the long weekend here. I really appreciated it. We had the sense uh, this was coming, and Yakupov uh, gone today, buddy. Yeah, well, another end to this whole situation, you know, uh, with Nail, with but, you know, uh, I'm kind of torn on it. I got to tell you, like I, I, I think now that it's happened, I think it's a good team, a good thing for the team at this point, at this juncture, and I also think it's a good thing for Nail Yakupov. But that being said, um, in the recesses of my mind, I look back at some of the things that have occurred here over the last four years, and uh, and maybe wonder what could have been. Now, that being said, I. I I'm going to be very intrigued to see how Nail performs in St. Louis for Ken Hitchcock. He has a window with the injury to Jaden Schwartz and the collateral effect uh, with the cap space that's open up for Peter Shirelli and what's going to happen on the right side, which maybe isn't necessarily to do with money, is going to also be very uh, intriguing to watch here over the next few days. Well, I mean, the right side, so Jordan Eberle, uh, Jesse Pugliarve, Cassian, and then do we uh, do we put Versteeg now on the team for sure? Well, I mean, I, I it's interesting to know with Chris Versteeg from day one. I think this increases the probability that he's on the hockey team, yes, but uh, Tyler Pitlick's a, a right shot that's currently playing on the left side, and Slepshev's a right shot, and they're both still here as well, and I wouldn't you know, I think whereas we haven't had the push from defense, I do think we've had the push up front. I think there's been some strong play from some wingers. And, and that being said, I think that in Yakupov's case, and fans, some fans aren't going to like hearing this, and that's why I'm going back to, you know, how did we get to this point with Nail Yakupov? And, and that's the lesson. I mean, Peter Shirelli comes in, and he didn't get a productive player in Yakupov. That's the bottom line. But should it have ever have gotten to us, and why did it get to us? Now, the old school hockey guy might say, to the hell with it, it's on the player. And a new age line of reasoning might be, well, you keep on changing over coaches. You have one coach that scratches four games into the second year. You know, you derail the energy and the course and the direction that the player is going on. So uh, that's what I mean. Like, I, I, I think it's a good thing today that Yakupov got traded and I don't know if it necessarily means Pugliarvi is going to be on the team for sure or if Steve's going to get signed as a PTO. To me, it certainly looks like Petluck's going to make the team, but he might play fourth line left wing. The only thing that we can surely count on is that Everlay and Cassian surely will be on the hockey club. And then the wild card in this is Drysaddle. You know, does he play on the right side? And uh, Kajula end up as the third line center once he's healthy and good to go. So there's, there's lots of things to factor in at this time. All right. Bob, I just keep an eye on Twitter, I, I, and people are, are joking. Well, it says on Wikipedia, Russell's an oiler. I haven't seen anything official. Um, so I'm just... There is, not, there is nothing official at this time. Uh, and what happened here is, whereas the push came from the forwards and may have helped push Yakupov out, just like the injury in St. Louis, to Schwartz opened up a window for Yak. Uh, the push did not come on defense. And so you would be there. Like, here's the thing. 10, 12 days ago, would Chris Russell, 14 days ago, would Chris Russell 
have made less sense at that time? Probably. If yeah. hypothetically he signs here in Edmonton, it makes more sense now because, you know, Reinhardt basically blew an opportunity to be on the hockey club. That's, that's my interpretation. So whether or not it's Russell or theoretically somebody else, uh, and, you know, I'm not going to refute Elliot Friedman. He's got pretty good sources. Uh, I think that happens because of a failure from some other guys, and there just hasn't been that push to the back end that maybe there was from up front. Okay, so does this, let's make, uh, and, and again, there's nothing official, let's make a little bit of an assumption here that we can trust Elliot Friedman and some other sources that Russell will be announced maybe over the weekend. Does this mean Clefbaum Larson, Russell Sekera, Nurse Davidson, Fane's the seventh, and Griba doesn't get signed? There's there's a distinct possibility that something like that would happen, yes. And one of the things that Russell does uh, is he can kill penalties. And that's something that Griba does better than Mark Fane right now. But but Chris Russell had proved to be an effective penalty killer. Uh, I know the and, and again, the analytics guys are not going to like these moves. The analytics guys are going to sit there and say, you know what, damn it, Yakupov's numbers weren't proportionally much worse than Everlay's numbers last year when he got an opportunity to play with the big boys. And if indeed, you know, we're going to go with Elliot Friedman on this and the orders get Russell on a one-year deal, they're going to say, you know, Russell, the reason why he leads the league and blocks shots is because he spends too much time in his own zone chasing the pucks always in his end of the ice. So, I mean, I wanted the orders to draft Chris Russell years ago instead of drafting, uh, drafting Tyler, uh, Taylor Torney. But they ended up going with uh, Taylor Torney, and Chris Russell's bounced around a bit. Played pretty well in Calgary. Like, I think that, that should be stated. He was a pretty effective player for the Flames. The Dallas Stars overpaid for him last year at the deadline. But, again, and we're going off this based on Elliott's. Uh, put it this way, Reed. I will never uh, say 100% for sure until the Oilers put it out. But Elliot Friedman's about as good a resource as you're going to have. Yes. So, and, and with, I mean, then the the uh, scenario I put forth has five left D. Yeah, in the top six. Now, so. Davidson seems pretty comfortable on the right side, and I just penciled in Secker as moving over. I, I well, guess he's, he's played a bunch, and he sure. also played in the World Cup of Hockey on the right side as well. Right. Okay. So that's that. Well, it's not. That's not that with Russell, but that could be that. That that, that, that is it with. So uh, I'm, Reed, I'm interested. What's the response of the fans been like with the Yakupov trade? Because we spent so much time talking about Yak, and he's a popular player. So I'm interested. In, you know what people think. Well, I've, I've been reading texts from both sides of the argument, though I, I will say there are a lot of people understanding that it was time for him to go. I would say yeah. the majority. Clearly, I'm getting a lot of "here's another bad decision by a loser team" type comments. I'm paraphrasing Bob, but let's be honest; that's what some people are going to say. Uh, Rob just texted it and said, uh, "I'm not going to complain about how bad Oilers fans sound right now. Yak was a great guy, but a, as a hockey player, he had no hockey sense. In less than a year, St. Louis will have Yakupov on the trade block." Way to go, Shirelli. You got more from Yakupov than I thought you could. Uh, so there's one uh, who uh, who likes the deal. Uh, and if some people questioning why didn't they try to up his value playing with um, playing with with McDavid. Here's here's the thing though. I mean, 
McClellan didn't want to give Yakupov more ice time. He he didn't see him as a player who who should have more ice time. Well, it's that concern, simple. I, I think yeah, it's clear Nail lost his confidence in terms of in games, but certainly in his first year, you know, Nail Nail is a little bit different of a cat, but he worked hard in practice. He was amongst the last guys on the ice. Now he worked hard specifically on his shot. His shot percentage the last three years was not very good. And he just didn't seem to find a rhythm with anybody. And I, you know, for the light, and I'm not going to be, again, I, when the Oilers stepped up and did the Reinhardt trade, I, I was comfortable with that. My expectation would be that Griffin Reinhardt would be a four. Maybe he could still get to being a four. Right now, that doesn't look like that's going to happen. Like he's going to have to improve his quickness and all those sort of things, his feet, uh, his assertiveness. And in Yakupov's case, you know, when you looked at the numbers and you watched the highlights from him in junior, he should have been able. I had guys that were, you know, top end NHL players telling me that they thought Yakupov scored 30 goals his first year in the NHL. He scored 17 in 48 games. Now, he did get five in his final two. But the last three years just spiraled. And you know what? The return was getting less and less for Nail over time. So I think there came a point where Peter Shirelli, as the Oilers GM, comes in and realized he just had to cut his losses on this. It wasn't going to work out. All right. Uh, Brad, uh, uh, Bob, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Zach Pochero, is that how you understand it? said Pochero, Pochiro. Uh, we'll guess. I guess he counts toward the 50-man list, right? Because he would have a contract with the Blues. And that was part of the reason why he was included in the trade. Right. There you go. Uh, Bob, thanks for making time for me. I know you're uh, trying to do some other stuff here on a Friday night, but I will see you at the rink tomorrow, man. It's always great to have you on. Yeah. Good stuff. Take care. All right. That's Bob Stoffer from Oilers Now. Check it in. Okay. We'll hear a little more from Neil Yakupov as we move along. We do want to couple, uh, touch on a couple of other things going on. We will talk some Eskimos uh, alouettes as we move along. And, well, this is a pretty uh, big guest we have coming up to. The owner of FC Edmonton, Tom Fath, is going to join us in studio, and we'll continue keeping an eye on the Yakupov story as we move along. You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Here's what Neil Yakupov thinks he can bring to the St. Louis Blues. Uh, I can use my speed and I can use my shot. And that's, I think this is uh, two things I have. And uh, I'm just, uh, honestly, I can make some plays to you. And, um, you know, but, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be something different than uh, I played before. And obviously, he's going to be a different player, different, uh, different coaches, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's a little bit different system. So I kind of get used to that. And then, plus, Plus, I have to put something from my side and uh, do something for um, to make a, to make a play, a continual play, and you know to finish the play. So, um, you know, it's, it's still going to be a we're still going to play hockey, but it's, you know we're just going to be with a different team. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to to being a part of this in Louis. And Yakupov, this is from a conference call Yakupov did about uh, 30, 40 minutes ago. Had this to say about a change of scenery. Yeah, I think. Uh, Obviously, it's. I think it's a good thing for me, and uh, you know, I've for the last couple of days, I was, you know, there was a lot of rumors, and I was expecting something, but uh, I didn't expect it was going to be St. Louis, you know, and you know, then when I practice and I play, I don't want any thoughts in my head, you know, I play for my team, and now it's happened, and I think it's a really good move for me, and you know, uh, I'm going to be the one to play and 
in one of the best teams in the league, you know, and when I played against St. Louis, it was always hard, and, you know, they, they have some big bodies, and uh, it was really, really tough to play against that team, so, and, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. All right, so uh, some comments there from Neil Yakupov. You can, uh, we'll be playing more throughout the evening as we roll along here inside sports on until 9 o'clock. Jared texting into 6.30, In response to people who wanted to boost Yak's value by playing him with McDavid, Jared says giving top ice time to someone who hasn't earned it is the quickest way for the coach to lose a room. The Big L says Yakupov played like he was being chased by bees. He worked well with McDavid because McDavid knew where the bees would chase him. Okay. And uh, this texter says, I would rather sign Griba than Russell. Griba would be one-third of the money and is also an excellent penalty killer. He shoots right and is tough. Yeah, if they do sign Russell, and again, that's not official. I know it's all over Twitter, but there's been nothing announced officially by the team, so I always... Um, you know, temper saying it's actually happened until the Oilers put it out. Uh, the report uh, one year, $3.1 million for Russell, and maybe this means that uh, that Griba does not successfully get signed after his PTO. Uh, Brad texting in, uh, yes, Brad, uh, the new guy, Pachiro, Pachiro will count towards the Oilers 50 man roster. He was under contract to the Blues playing in the ECHL. All right, that's a big story. We will keep touching on it as we go along tonight. Other Oilers notes today Griffin Reinhardt goes to the minors. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl probably will play at least some of the time on right wing tomorrow with Nugent Hopkins and uh, Pouliot. Kajula remains day to day. Davidson hoping to play tomorrow. And uh, what was I missing? Oversteek skated in a non-contact jersey, but only for some of practice, so he is not ready yet. I'm pleased to have Tom Fath in studio, the owner of FC Edmonton. Uh, They have a big weekend ahead. They are on the verge of getting a playoff spot, but some questions as well about the future of the North American Soccer League, so we'll touch on some of those things as we move along. Thanks for tuning in. By the way, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders might win again. They're up 19-7 on Ottawa with 11 minutes left. is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. We are taking you into your long weekend. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. The Blue Jays win again today, 5-3 over the Rangers. They're up 2-0 in the series. The Indians pounding the Red Sox, 6-0. They lead that best of 5-2-0. The Dodgers win game one over the Nationals, 4-3. And uh, after the first, no score between the Giants and the Cubs, a quadruple header in baseball. Saskatchewan Rough Riders up 19-7 on Ottawa. And, uh, well, you know what? That would be good for the Eskimos because uh, the Riders aren't catching the Eskimos and it would make it even easier for Edmonton to make the playoffs in the East if they don't get a spot in the West. Eskimos, 9.30. The broadcast starts Monday morning. They're in Montreal. The game will start at 11. And our next Oilers game, no Nail Yakupov. He's been traded to the St. Louis Blues. That's tomorrow, final preseason game. It's against the Canucks, 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock for the start of the game. Uh, we'll t- continue talking about Yakupov uh, later on in the show.
the show. We spent the first 90 minutes on it. You can get more on the Oilers page on, well, I think it's on the front page on 630Ched.com. I am pleased to uh, welcome to the studio a very special guest. I, I know you've been in before, Tom, but great for great to come in. Tom Fath is the owner of FC Edmonton. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good, and thank you very much for inviting us in today. Yeah, well, you must be uh, excited. Uh, we, were, we were talking during the break. It's year six as a full-time member of the NASL, but you had one year before that as a kind of the tune-up year, whatever they call it? Yes, yes. We were willing to come in the first year if they needed us, but but they didn't, so we thought we'd do a, a tune-up year, yeah. Okay. Now, you play the Tampa Bay Rowdies, still one of my favorite nicknames in all of sports, uh, Sunday at 2 at Clark, and uh, this is significant because you're on the verge here of, of clinching a playoff spot for the first time, right? Well, actually, in our in our first year, six years ago, we, we were in the playoffs for one game. We played uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers, okay. but they beat us that game. But okay. yes, it's been a long time, and you know, it's been exciting. The last few years, we came real close in the fall season, but in the spring season, we hadn't done so well. We had too much to catch up. This year... You know, right from the beginning, not the first game, but by about the third game, we were in the top top few, and we've been in the top two or three all season. All right, and for the the schedule is interesting. There's a, a spring and a fall season. You finish first in the spring, you make the playoffs. You finish first in the fall, you make the playoffs. And then they also do combined standings, and they take the two best records of teams that aren't already in. Um, so that would be... Well, you you could you're mathematically alive for the fall season, though it's more likely you're going to be second in the combined standings, right? So that's how you would get in, I think. Yeah, and uh, um, it's the next two combined. So yes, we would. Right. So well, we can still uh, you still if, catch New York for New the York, fall. If New York would start losing some games and <laughs> we keep winning games, then we'd be okay. For, from your from your standpoint as as uh, as, as the owner, uh, why do you think this year has uh, been a little more successful on the field? Well, I think Colin, having had the team for a few years now, he's finally been able to have all his own players and 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 develop them, and uh, a lot of those players have been with him for a few years. So he's he's got the the whole t- team moving the way he wants it to, and 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 they're moving well. I mean, you you've stuck with Colin through. Um, you know, as you referenced, some seasons where it was close but no cigar with the playoffs, and as you referenced some, I mean, I mean, I think was it last year or the year before? You guys allowed a goal like 29 seconds into your season, and that kind of threw the guys off for a, for a few games. So, why have you uh, stuck with Colin? Why do you think he's a, a good coach? Well, I'm no expert in soccer, but uh, Colin Colin always seemed to have the players on side with him as a team. And and uh, he he's always had great defense, and you know when you're when you're within striking reach of the playoffs every year, and you've got somebody who's who is as good with not only players but media and the public, uh, he's the guy to stay with. Well, he is great to interview. I love <laughs> love having him on the show because he's uh, opinionated and uh, colorful, and clearly he loves the game of football as he would call it where uh, where he came from um i mean uh look you're the owner of the team so we didn't just bring you in to talk about what's going on in the field because clearly you're involved in all aspects of the organization i i know uh uh after you guys had rattled off uh you know you had a great shutout streak you had an undefeated run you didn't lose a home game for i think nine or ten games in a row uh steve sandor who covers uh soccer in the city wrote you know come on edmonton why aren't more 
people going to the games. Um, I mean, from a, from an owner standpoint, are you are, are you frustrated with with the attendance? Are you are you happy with the attendance? Do you feel more people need to get behind it? I mean, just how how are you doing in that regard? Well, first, I'd want to thank the the fans that have been coming out. I think they're great, and and we've seen an increase in the number of the youth and the. Uh, uh, the youth soccer leagues and that, and uh, EMSA and ESA have been have been supportive, but uh, yes, I am disappointed that that we don't have more more people coming out. We really are not any any really further ahead on on filling the stands than we were three years ago, and 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 uh, to our twenty five hundred and people in the stands is is a long way from from where we need to be but uh why why when we're at the top of the league are we still not filling the stands it's it's beyond me uh what what, what would clark hold if it were full 4500 okay so you're at about half capacity then for yep. average attendance um okay well let me let me, i'll ask i'll ask you this question when you ask people who aren't going to games or rarely attend games why they don't go do you do you get a Consensus has, has have you made any progress there? Well, we haven't seemed to because we aren't getting any more people to the games, and it you know it's it's one of it's frustrating that so many people say they want us here, and 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 quite a few are coming to some games, but but we need people coming to to more games or some more of the other people coming because uh, you know. Really, if you think why is why is a home game so much more important to a team, it's because really with with the fans in the stands, it's almost like you got one more player on the field. Mm-hmm. And if we've got twelve players because we got our eleven plus the one in, one in the stands, and the other guys have only got eleven, we got a better chance of beating them. And so it's not just for for us, but it's also for the players. And you know how can it be that that the players are playing that well? But we we are, we don't have more people out there cheering them all to, to help them and reward them for doing that. Yeah, Tom. I mean, I, I got to ask you this because, and I and I say this coming to you from a person who who briefly it wasn't a long time. It was four months between me finishing Nate and getting my first TV job in Lloydminster. But I did work for the Edmonton Oilers uh, indoor soccer club owned by uh, Wojtek Wojcinski who put his heart and a lot of money into that team. And that was one in a long history of soccer teams that sort of faced that same problem. There, there was a, a, an enthusiastic but ultimately small fan base. So, I mean, certainly you knew that going in and that and that, that could be a, a challenge that was repeating itself. Yes, although, you know, if you're looking at the... Uh the number of people playing soccer now, the youth, but also the adult. A huge number of adults play soccer. If you looked at the Women's World Cup when they were here and before that, the uh, the U-20s and and uh, even when Beckham came with the Galaxy, mm-hmm. uh, they had 37,000. Uh, it seemed like it would be it would be uh, a thing that would work out, but it, it just isn't filling the stance. Um, all right. Well, this and I'm going to ask you this this question because this is what I hear. I have friends that watch sports to varying degrees, um, and and this is this is even besides. I mean, we know Canada is a hockey country, so even putting that aside, Tom, there are people who say I don't want to go to a game where the score might be zero zero. 
or might be 1-1. Regardless of the quality of the athlete or the atmosphere in the stands, they don't want to go to a game that doesn't have a lot of actual scoring plays. Do you, do you ever hear that? Because I hear oh, that. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that. But but then you'll you'll get a, a soccer fan that says, well, I really love going to soccer because you got 45 minutes straight. Right. And then you, you have a fifteen minute break and another forty five minute straight. You don't you don't have one stop after another after another. So uh, I have no answer. I know uh, I didn't watch soccer much. I only got into soccer to give back to the community, mm-hmm. and I didn't watch soccer much before. But uh, it's it's an ex- exciting exciting sport. And if you look at at our team now. Um, we're obviously at the top of the league as far as the quality of our play and having in the last couple of games we beat Indy who's who's one of the top teams and and tied the Cosmos at home which only one or two other people have done this year mm-hmm. uh, so we're playing really exciting soccer they just have to watch more games I guess Tom Tom Fath is the owner of uh, FC Edmonton. They do have a really important game on Sunday against the Tampa Bay Rowdies, 2 o'clock at Clark Stadium. And you got some Oktoberfest stuff going on around the game as well? Yes, it's that time of year, so so we've got o- Oktoberfest going. and, and uh, Someone's calling you, uh-oh. Well, they're like, punch that. Wilkins in the face. No, I, they're obviously <laughs> not listening to your program. Sorry about that. <laughs> Uh, okay, sorry, I cut you, cut you off. What's going on with the Oktoberfest? Yeah, so so they've got uh, some celebrations. The German, uh, the German cultural group ha- have got some people coming out, and it's going to be a really good time. And it may be a little cold, but you know it, it might make the game even better because we go down to Tampa in the in the summer and it's 95 degrees and 115 <laughs> humidity. <laughs> they can come up here and they'll be freezing. Yeah, exactly. Um, Tell me, Tom, what do you like best about owning this team? What really fires you up about it? Well, a few things. I mean, how excited the kids get. And we've got our academy where we've uh, got our coaches and and our, and, and our players that will touch base with them at times. And, and, and to have those, those youth... Uh, developing the way they are, and the number of them that are that are finding their way to the Canadian national team is just fantastic. Um, to, to all the uh, youth from inner city schools or or at needs youth that are that are getting opportunities to come out, and you know, um, I'm getting far more excited about the game. So when we're going in with a really nice play and and. Uh, Get the, get the goal like we did at the end of the uh, indie game. It's just right. fantastic. Yeah, you guys scored right. Uh, was it in injury time even to get the well, win? No, in the last last, in the last minute, t- t- half minute. Last know, half it was minute. Fantastic. Yeah. It was a really nice play too. Okay, uh, FC Edmonton owner Tom Fath in studio inside sports on six thirty. Chat. Uh, in terms of the league, the NASL, it's a twelve team league right now. Uh, yes. Is there? I mean, I've read some stuff that. Uh, well, I guess Minnesota's going to MLS for sure next year. That's right. And uh, now, is it is it usual to have the membership in flux, or does that concern you that there could be teams, maybe more teams out than in? Well, I think North America is used to having a, a few teams at the top that have been here a long time, and and anytime you got an organization that's been around a long time, then you have have more. Uh, Stability in it. So yes, since since we started uh, seven years ago, there has always been some flux, and uh, they will be the third team that has gone up to MLS, which which actually shows the level of our league. 
Uh, we've got really an exciting league. It's it's uh, it's on a great model. It's more the European model as as far as that goes. So it's it's just it's just great. As far as the we just had some owners meetings lately. Well, that was a, a follow up from an earlier meeting, which is a strategic planning. Um, any organization wants to look at the future and and build to the future. And we just had a great meeting with great owners. Okay. Can you stick around to the top of the hour, Tom? Is it going to keep talking Sure. Tom Fath is the owner of FC Edmonton. We'll take a quick timeout. 746 Inside Sports on 630. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Well, the, uh, the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks have pulled off quite a rally here. They have just tied the game with Saskatchewan with a touchdown and a two-point convert. Henry Burris coming off the bench, replacing Trevor Harris to lead them back. It's 22-22 with uh, about two and a half minutes Left, I'm sure uh, many of you are heartbroken that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have let a lead slip away. Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 6:30. Chet Tom Fath, as you just informed me during the break, technically the co-owner, yes, of FC Edmonton with your brother Dave. Great partner. So Dave, I apologize I didn't name you earlier. Tom, I've always known you as the public face of the ownership. Yes, well, for better or for worse. <laughs> yes. Well. It's great having Dave as a partner. He's just wonderful. Uh, Nick Ledgerwood is one of your star players. He's uh, He represents Canada on the international stage, and he's coming back uh, for the future here at FC. Yeah, we just uh, announced that today. He's, he's joined us this spring, and, and he's just a great player. He's great on and on the field and off the field. Uh, very, very solid, very experienced. And that's one of the big advantages this year. We, we added more experience on the field, and that's one of the reasons that that I think we've done better. And then uh, Colin and 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 and, his, and all the rest of the staff have done a great job of melding and molding those people together. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, Colin's coaching, you, you can't debate it all. Again, 2 o'clock on Sunday, you'll play the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, is it FC Edmonton now, your website? FC Edmonton, or just Google FC Edmonton. Yeah, just Google FC Edmonton.com. FC Edmonton.com, sorry. Oh, the Twitter handle is at, at FC Edmonton now. There you go. Um, Tom, tell me. I'm just. I'm. I'm curious. I mean, I love people's stories. What made you one day think, oh, I want to own some sort of pro sports franchise? Oh, maybe it'll be soccer. Like, where where does that come from? Well, uh, we've had a habit of giving back to the city in many different ways, and uh, I learned that from my father uh, decades ago. But it just seemed like a really good way to give back to the city, especially the youth. The if you've got a soccer team or any any sports team, you're you're having hardworking, uh, thinking uh, role models that you're you're bringing forward to the youth. Right. Um, what, give me a sense of what of what uh, FC and its players uh, do in the community besides the visibility of obviously playing the games. Yeah, and you know from the first year we've made a point of going out to schools. We've been at uh, I don't know the first two years I think we went to 60 schools we go to a lot of the youth uh, sporting events the soccer events uh, we've we've done everything from going to Ronald McDonald House a number of times or or uh, just last uh, weekend we some of us were at the uh, the, the German cultural uh, Oktoberfest uh, just one event after another it's it's great all right so uh you clinch a playoff spot with a win, and I assume there are other avenues for you to clinch as well, but this would actually 
nail it down this weekend if you get the win, right? Because there's That's a little right. more season after this still. Um, what would it mean? And you mentioned, I got to apologize. I totally forgot you guys were in, in in the first season. I don't know, blanked out. It seemed like to me you hadn't been, but you were in. But what would it mean you to mean to you to, to get in this year, especially with the team playing the way it's playing? Well, and it's it's both of those things. We're not just squeaking in. We're we're striding in, so to speak, and and it's just been a long time coming, to come close for a f- for a few years, and then but 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 this year to be, to be doing as well as we are, and and to be playing at a level, where where we're as good as any other team in the league, I mean in the spring season we were within a point of the two teams that had tied for top place, and and now we're, uh, we're we're second just to the Cosmos. Uh, it's it's just exciting. Is there a salary cap in your league? No salary cap. Okay, so I I'm, I you don't have to comment if you want, but I'm I'm going to make the assumption that the New York Cosmos outspend everybody else. Uh, my <laughs> guess is that they outspend everybody else, and and, and and I'm I'm absolutely positive they outspend us. Okay, by a bunch. Uh, all right, fair, uh, fair enough. Um, the the players are are full time players, right? I mean, they oh, they don't absolutely. work in the off season. Fully pro. Full, fully fully pro. I mean, there have been guys who go play MLS or you bring guys in from Europe and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's 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 a very interesting situation, and I I got to say, Tom, I admire how you stick with it and the the stuff you do to promote the team. I know you you still feel I got to get more people into the stadium and all that kind of stuff. But Colin is great. The players have always been been great when they've been on the show, and and obviously this year uh, the hard work is paying off on the field, which which is which is good to see. Uh, I'll, we're got a couple minutes left. I'll you know I'll give you the final sales pitch or whatever you want to someone listening who's on the fence about attending a game or who hasn't attended the game or who said oh maybe my son or daughter would like this but I'm not sure what's the Coles notes of why you want what you think people would get a good experience at an FC Edmonton game well each year we've improved uh, the experience the game experience it's not just a game it's 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 an uh, it's an experience it's a, an event but the another thing uh so it's it's exciting, but but people want soccer here, and the city of Edmonton has said that if if we can fill the stands, then then they will look at uh, improving Clark and 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 enlarging Clark. So another reason to come is 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 to to support the players, and to help them win those last couple of games, and because there's another game on the 23rd, but but also to uh, to tell the city of Edmonton that yes. Yes, we we love we love FC Edmonton. Tom, it's uh, it's great for me to get the owner of a pro sports franchise in studio. So thanks for making time for me, especially going into a, a a big weekend and on a Friday night. Thank you so much for coming in. Well, thank you so much for having us. It's been wonderful. That is Tom Fath. He and Dave, the owners of FC Edmonton, and they will play the Tampa Bay Rowdies again. One of my favorite team names in all the sports on Sunday at two o'clock at Clark Stadium. Uh, we will uh, talk a little Edmonton Eskimos as we move along. They're getting ready for a game in Montreal. We'll uh, recap what happened with the Oilers today. Of course, Neil Yakupov has been traded to the St. Louis Blues and an exciting finish here in the CFL. Saskatchewan now driving, trying to go ahead here late in the game in Ottawa after Ottawa rallied to tie it. 7.56, we're back after the 8 o'clock news.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.